And I had like three or four actors come with me to this lunch who were much older. And I was like, just don't say anything. (laughs) And I'm like, this is what your acting job is. You're the director of this. You're the, the director of this. And we went to the lunch and like closed the deal like that week. Wow. There's a lot of sales. People are going to listen to this and be like, how do I get this in my budget to hire actors to be like, yeah, you want to talk to a, like a client? I'll be honest. I still don't fully believe you, but Hey, we'll take your word for it. That's some royalty free shit. People. That's what we do. We're back with another episode of beyond quota. I'm Puyan uh, from Scratchpad. We've got Corp here with us and really excited for our guest today who I mean, content creator, sales, RevOps, have started your own thing. I don't even know where to begin, but welcome. We're we're excited to have you. The most important one, though, is mom of three, soon to be four. That's like my number one. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. At what I'm age terrified. will they be handed a call list and a phone? Um, so my now eight-year-old actually started his first company when he was six. Okay. So, and I, he, (laughs) so you got a late bloomer. Okay, great. You still have a chance with the other three. (laughs) So yeah, is he's a dog treat business. And I was like, all right, like, let's let, you know, here's my, we sat down and built the website. We built all these things. And I said, he's like, okay, like, how do I, how do I sell? And I was like, you make those dog treats. We're going to go to the park and you're going to go to each person that has a dog and you're going to sell. And so, yeah, he's already gotten oh, his man. 101 wow. and he, he rocked it. So he ended up making the first year over $600 and he originally did it because he wanted a Nintendo switch. And I'm like, I'm not buying you a switch. You have to save up your money and buy it. And so that's what started the company. But yeah, there are, I've already got them. I've already got them. It's trained. a good thing you didn't put it in the market. You know, it's a good thing you went to the switch, something that'll bring years of joy. He's a big head because he thinks he's the man now. So he walks around with a check list while his sisters actually roll the dough and stamp the treats. And he's just like, are you working? Are you working? And I'm like, okay. Supervisor already. He's already middle management. Damn it. (laughs) Asking him to update their pipeline. I make him pay them. I was like, this is part of, this is RevOps and you have to... You, no one works for free, you know. You have to you have to do all of your costs of goods and your yep. resources and how much they are. So, mom, my cogs are too high. Says an eight year old. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> Wait, I need to put drill drill into something real quick. Uh, she said I the know. RevOps. She said RevOps. She said the magic okay. word. She said RevOps. What the fuck is RevOps? Like, what is it? It's it's it seems like this new create twenty sixteen. Someone was like, let's put Rev in front of Ops. And make it sound sick. Well, I have my own theory on what RevOps is. I think, in my opinion, here's my opinion. You have sales. You have sales operations, everything that's sales. So that's like your inbound, your outbound, all of the all of the sales that rolls up to that. And you have marketing. Okay. And you have all the people that are digital creating and branding and strategy and, oh, let's throw this event. And then you have fulfillment. That's like customer success type stuff. And it's like, once that deal is closed, you have to fulfill. And I think what happened is all of these people 
did not want to take responsibility for the overall picture. So someone came in, the CEO probably, and said, I'm not doing it. And the COO was like, I'm not doing it. So they said, let's create a CRO or RevOps. And RevOps will oversee marketing, sales, and fulfillment. And so for me, I think RevOps is all three of those together because the operations of all of your revenue don't stop at either of those departments. It is a complete cycle from your your branding and you're creating a strategy and you're implementing whatever that strategy is to MQL goes to SQL. And now you're like trying to make an op and close a deal. And now you've closed it. And guess what? That's great. Bravo. You made some revenue, but it does not matter if it's costing you more to fulfill that revenue than what you sold it for. And so that's what I think RevOps. It's like the boss of all of those sections to make sure we're meeting our targets, we're closing deals, and then we're profitable off of those deals. Is that not what like the v- like the VP of marketing, CS, and like sales roll up to a CRO? Is that not uh, like isn't a CRO holding each of them accountable for their kind of line of business? I mean, if you have a CRO, sure, but. I also think like when you get to the point of CRO, it's it's so much more than that because that is also like your internal business as well, right? In my opinion, I think that the CRO is like the profitability of the entire company, not just the marketing sales and fulfillment that you're doing. There's There's probably a ton of other things that the company can do to make money, but you need like a rev ops person to oversee at least those three facets of the company. So how does how does one become a RevOps? How does one become that? Like like how do you do all of those things well? Like do they come out of one of those three and then have to learn the other two? Like Yeah. Are they getting a strategy well, degree from a business <laughs> school? I mean, I don't that that's a great question. Because uh, some people may be like, "Oh, I got my MBA and now I'm a professional and I can I can revops it." Um, my own journey, personally, um, I have a heavy project management background and a heavy customer success fulfillment background, and then I part I paired that with marketing. So I had like two out of the three, and then my most recent opportunities of work started going into account growth and strategy. And with that comes sales. And so for me personally, I had heavy in two out of the three and like half of the third. And so when I started at Scaled, my current company, I had to learn just a little bit more to get me to that fulfillment of sales. And so now I personally have all three. Um, So I, I really think it just depends on your personality. And for me, I could take all of my other ventures that I had in the past and say, oh, I did all of these things. I just didn't know they had this particular name or this particular strategy or terminology. Um, but Or like, I just have to tweak a way that I did it. But I was doing this already in you know, running my own company or um, growing someone else's brand. So you're like this this tool might save five minutes of a sales rep's time and a sales rep we pay them at fifty dollars an hour and if they can close this many more deals 
or not this many more deals, that's how you're going to decide whether or not that exorbitant cost of, I don't know, scratch pad, for example, is, uh, yeah. is worth. Is worth it. Have you actually done that though? Because it, 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 you're right. It, it's very much a manufacturing, like industrial engineering type exercise. It's like that whole viewpoint of if someone's a good salesperson, then they would make a great sales manager. And you're like, no, not true. Or if someone's a great engineer, you could be a great engineer manager. No. And I think sometimes what happens in the RevOps is like, you're really good at sales and you're really good at your own number. And they're like, oh, let's like make you RevOps. Um, and so I think that it's it, like, to me, RevOps is a very uh, like detail oriented, operational sounded project manager minded person. Which one is most important between customer success, marketing and sales? And why is it quite obviously sales? Why is it quite a, uh, in my opinion, <laughs> I think it's customer success. That's a made up tech term. What is account management? What is like support? It's like the generous, it's like the kind way of it's, saying customer support. It's more fulfillment. It's more fulfillment. Making sure they get the That's most out the, of their product. Most, exactly. Because it doesn't matter how many people sales sell to and convert and marketing bring inbound. If you're not making sure the, that the users are enjoying your product, utilizing your product, staying on your product, then you're just going to have this crazy amount of churn. And what does it matter? All those other efforts that you're doing. You're just going to constantly get new people in and then they're just going to leave. So it's to me, it's the fulfillment of are you, customer, getting the most ROI out of what we're selling you? And if not, let's help you figure out how to do better, how to use us better. So, well, how do you, how do you get the customers in the first place? Yeah. Well, I mean, valid, valid yeah, right? point. Like, yeah, yeah, there's no return if they're not there. That's the thing. I, I yeah. He asked me which one was the most important, not what, not which one the best. was the most needed. Well, I mean, I guess I still kind of needed, but um, yeah, I mean, obviously that's why. I hope nobody I in CS is listening to this. Because <laughs> they're getting laid off first, still. Of all three of them, they're still getting laid off. Nah, marketing's getting laid off first. But. Yeah, I was going to say, usually marketing goes Yeah, marketing's first. getting, marketing's, um, they're already out back, just putting them down. No, but you, you, what, what, you, what you would do in that case, though, is you would then make sure that they are happy. So really what, what's happening is, because what you care about is, make, is getting that commission check, right? So then you close the deal, and then you are going to be part of the implementation, essentially do the job that is called CS. Until yeah, that's right. True. The salesperson right. would have to yeah. do that, and then guess what? That keeps you from doing selling more people, we selling get paid. To more people. True, yeah, yeah. I guess so. But I not mean, some sales orgs, you get to keep your some places. You get to keep your clients, and then it is like a man, it, like you are doing growth and kind of like new biz at the same time. And that yeah, would always be my preference. That would always be my preference as a sales. Like I hated the whole pass them on somebody else's responsibility. We hear a lot of complaints from sales. I got update Salesforce, my manager's on my back, like all, all of these things, right? Yet another tool that RevOps is introducing that we need to use. What sucks about being in RevOps? What are the complaints that RevOps people throw out? Oh, man. Yeah, I think you said the biggest one is um, I have, as a, like from sales point of view, it's um, I don't 
have, I have too many things that I need to do too many red tape. I just want to sell, you know, I just want to sell. I want to have to go and yeah. Like I just want to be <laughs> an Enneagram four, seven. I just want to be free. I don't want to have any of these rules. Um, so that's probably the biggest one that we get from sales and from marketing. And look, I say this coming from a marketing background. You don't have to. You don't have to caveat anything here about Not in this house. Everything they complain about everything, like working and being productive Just and everything. I, I ta- and... My my poor husband. He's uh he's like an engineer. He, he's an AI. And he comes home and he's got this product and he's trying to get marketing to help. And he's talking about marketing and his interactions. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it's marketing. They suck. <laughs> like they don't want to help you. He's like, why do they always complain that they have all this work? They never want to help me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, because that's like part of the job description for yeah. a marketer. Trump circle at three, it's- trust falls at four, kombucha tasting at five. <laughs> like where do you fit that in? Where do you fit that in? One pager, that takes like what? two, three years, you have to get that right. Tell us a little bit more about your sales experience because, and, I, and I'll, I'll qualify this a little bit. There are some, some people that may or may not be on this podcast right now um, that also talk about RevOps people and how a lot of them don't have any sales experience coming into it and all of a sudden telling salespeople what to do. What? But you actually, it, I, I, listen, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers and naming names or anything, but uh, it was me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's me. It was? It's me. Oh, yeah. It was very me. Yeah. Uh, but you actually have, you've, you've got some sales cred. Yeah. I mean, my, I think my, my sales cred is really from starting my own company. Um, because prior to my own company, I was really on the fulfillment side, the customer success side. I was actually the one who was always upselling because of the performance of the accounts that I was managing. Um, when I was working at Upwork, I was overseeing $10 million in revenue myself, fulfill, fulfillment. And not that I had a quota, but I was always looking to sell like solution selling when I heard on the call that they were having other issues. Um, so I think it might, I think it started there, but it was really spawned because of the work I was doing, not necessarily going out and finding new, new folks or new deals to close. Um, I actually hated initial sales calls and I absolutely hate the follow-up to it um, because it's hard and frustrating and time consuming and you can't optimize it. So, <laughs> but then when I, when I left that and did Zen content, um, th- I mean, it was my own company and I had clients that were inbound that came to me because they knew what I did and my skill set, or they had worked with me previously and they wanted to work with me again. And so there was that, but there was, but there was times where I was like, you know, once you start having employees and office space and internet to pay and 401ks to contribute to, you feel a burden of like, I need to grow. I need new customers. And so that's probably where I started my own outbound techniques to try to close deals. Um, and sometimes that meant cold calling, which I hate, which I'm sure everyone hates. No one likes cold no calling. One, no one likes cold calling. Anyone says they do or very possibly a psychopath, a liar or a psychopath. You're a liar. <laughs> but, um, you know, there, there were just other techniques that I did instead. Like in the time 
that were probably a little bit more advanced than now it's like modern day sales and everyone's doing this kind of stuff, but like the heavy LinkedIn approach. Um, but also like something that we did was, and this was in 2013, um, having little video cards where you're like recording yourself on the video and then actually mailing it to someone like, you know, just trying to come up with some creative ideas. Um, I think my best, my most memorable account that I ever closed was with eBay. And I was telling uh, Ben this the other day was that um, it was a $1.2 million deal. They were, they were creating like 10,000 buying guides. And I was like, give them all to me. I'm going to create them all for you. You want them in nine months? Got it. I can do it. Um, and at the time, I think I was like 27 years old. And I looked super young. Pretty sure I was also pregnant with my first child at this time. And I was like a team of one and then a bunch of freelancers in the back. Um, and they're like, okay, uh, we really love your proposal. We love what you have to say. We loved your samples. We loved all that stuff. Let's meet. You're in, at the time I was in Mountain View, they're in San Jose. They're like, just come down for lunch. And I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. You want me? this 27-year-old pregnant woman to waddle into your lunch with your VPs and your directors and be like, yeah, I'm a party of one. Your your SOW is for $1.2 million and I'm asking you to fund 50% up front. Yeah, okay, sure. That's really going to work out well. So what I did was I went to Craigslist and I hired a bunch of actors and I had like three or four actors come with me to this lunch who are much older and I was like, just don't say anything. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what your acting job is. You're the director of this. You're the, the director of this. And we went to the lunch and like closed the deal like that week. Um, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, you know? <laughs> to, to, wow. Wow. <laughs> There's it. a lot of sales. People are going to listen to this and be like, how do I get this in my budget to hire actors to be like, yeah, you want to talk to a, like, a client? Like, do you want testimonial? <laughs> yo, I need you to come in here and tell them how great this is and say you work for this company. I'm going to create a LinkedIn for you. Okay, trust me. This is going to work. (laughs) That's a bold move walking in. in Yeah. I mean, like... We could do a whole episode just on that. Yeah, there's... I did other things like that. Like, for example, there was another company um, that I, I wanted them to think that we appeared bigger. And so I was like forwarding emails to fake aliases and then answering the emails on the fake alias. So they thought it was different people the entire time. But like I was a person of one, you know, it's like, oh, well, why don't you connect me with your your AP or your invoice or your this or your that? I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, it's like hold the line and like forward it to, to myself. Um, but I think the actors one takes the takes the huge credit. And by the way, not only did I get that 1.2, but then they re-signed the next year for like 2 million and the next year for 2 million. So I'm like, it was so worth it. I would have lost out on like $5 million if I didn't do that. Yeah. So. Did those actors later become salespeople? Yeah, that's what I'm like. What, <laughs> what happened to those actors? <laughs> what happened to the story? <laughs> yeah. Where do they end up here? So you're actually a sales savage deep down and you just don't even understand, realize. You don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm bummed we didn't get to talk about your podcast. So I, I think we may have to do another session at some point if you're up for it. 
Um, oh my god, I would love that. Yeah, well, but you should still you. plug it. Plug the podcast. We got it. Yeah, so we wanted to wanted to give this is your chance. So plug the dog, the biscuits, the businesses, yeah, yeah. the podcast. Where like, can people any, find anything you? and everything? Yes. Okay. Well, so the podcast is badass basic bitch, um, and started it last year in March. We just got our millionth download a couple weeks ago, so it's going really well. Um, and it's all about seemingly ordinary women doing extraordinary things. Um, and I started it because I felt as though it was really hard for women to have their story heard unless they were like the Sheryl Sandbergs of the world. And we talk about everything from financial advice to being an influencer, um, mental health, um, nutrition, like literally everything. But it's always featuring um, a guest a woman guest who is like just killing it in their field, um, which has been really exciting. Um, and you can find me there. You can find me on Instagram. Um, Badass Basic Bitch is the podcast uh, Instagram handle. And then my own handle is Mom Boss in Austin. Um, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Brianna Dunbar to Mike. So lots of platforms. There it is. <laughs> everywhere, everywhere you could possibly be. Find her there. And then the last thing, we have one final question, or I guess it's like a two-part question, but we always ask, you've got the biggest lax game of your life coming up. You got the AirPods in. What's the one song you're listening to to get jacked up? Oh, my God. Something Tupac. Okay, great. Hit him up. Great. Hit him up by Tupac. I'll say that. So. But how about how about a sad song? How a about a sad song? song? Yeah, a recovery song. It's more, <laughs> it's more Tupac. It's more Tupac. I know. I was like, maybe Dear Mama? I don't know. Like, that's okay. awesome, Tupac. Yeah, that's kind that of works. sad-ish song. Well, thanks so much again for joining us. This was awesome. And um, hopefully we'll do it again.